0: Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at TNTradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Tyler Nixon has the power of information. Today's News Talk, TNT. Welcome to the Tyler Nixon Show here on today's News Talk. We are live. Today is Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. And we have an excellent guest uh, for this uh, show today, and I'm very excited to have him with us. Uh, he is a former CIA agent uh, and a uh, w- federal whistleblower who actually uh, was spe- spent time in federal prison uh, nearly uh, two years uh, for having exposed the fact of torture as a tactic uh, in interrogation within our government. He is also the spokesman, the excuse me, the U.S. spokesman for WikiLeaks. Uh, in the event that Julian Assange is, uh, is extradited to the United States. John Kiriakou uh, is also an author and uh, host of the uh, Political Misfits uh, talk show, and I'm excited to have him on, and he will be joining us shortly. But I, before that, I wanted to just real quick talk about um, the latest revelations uh, concerning this uh, Alexander Smirnoff and the Biden uh impeachment investigation and what have you, the general investigations and prosecutions surrounding the Biden uh, family. uh, We saw James Biden testify. And of course, uh, you know, he he, uh, emerged smiling. And I'm sure Jamie Raskin, who uh, is the uh, sort of the uh, Adam Schiff of Dan Goldman's, I guess. uh, (laughs) He definitely uh, is someone who can make a joke out of I mean, he's it, sophistry should be next to his uh, next to his name and uh, and wherever he uh, appears, he really is um, just one of these people who's a, who's a master uh, deceiver, distractor, um, bringing up pointless sort of you know comparisons where or pointless distinctions uh, in order to excuse uh, Democrat corruption and and uh, criminality within the Biden you know regime uh, versus uh, comparing it to you know of course Donald Trump you know their ultimate target. And in this case of this investigation, I mean, there has been documentary evidence. If you go to uh, BidenReport.com, Garrett Ziegler and Marco Polo have done yeoman's work, uh, really a great public service in exposing uh, the corruption just on one laptop, really uh, Hunter Biden's laptop of how much Joe Biden was involved in uh, his son's dealings and his son's business partners and in essentially peddling his influence when he was vice president. And then ultimately, now president. I don't know that it's been as effective as president, but it, they certainly cashed in big time when he was vice president. And I think uh, perhaps uh, it, the writing was on the wall in a sense that I think maybe the, the sense was that Hillary was running. I think Joe bowed out very early from the race in uh, uh, before 2016, well before it. I think it was late 2014, maybe early 2015. Biden said, "I'm not going to run." He stepped aside. And, you know, didn't even didn't even try to mount a campaign. Uh, as as the vice president of the outgoing president. So, you know, Hillary, it was her turn and uh, Joe Biden wasn't going to get in the way. So I think the uh, the sense in the family was that this was it. The last two were off for Joe, uh, I think everybody anticipated Hillary winning the race. And so uh, rather than uh, simply just uh, sort of go off into the sunset, uh, it, they decided to put the pedal to the metal in enriching themselves and fattening the Biden coffers and uh cashing in on as much uh, as they could around the world with as uh, as many uh willing takers as there were uh those who would actually deal with hunter biden uh given given his uh his general character and uh sort of uh, an unpredictability or or wild card status nonetheless he was a direct conduit to the vice president at the time uh and biden of course a you know 50 plus year uh parasite on the side of the ship of state since he was uh, elected in 1972 to the united states senate so We have basically all sorts of uh, proofs of corruption. We have hundreds of suspicious activity reports from the Treasury Department on the on uh, Hunter Biden's accounts and which is unheard of. I mean, for for one person to have any suspicious, excuse me, suspicious activity reports is uh, is a dire situation for that person, for someone alone to have hundreds of them. And of course, nothing to be acted upon or done not to mention his uh, tax evasion, his failure to pay taxes for millions of dollars he took in from uh, Burisma and God knows where else in 2013 well, 14, 15. Um, you know, these were all uh, hanging out in the background with Joe Biden, of course, uh, claiming first it was Russian disinformation, then that he wasn't in business with his son or he didn't you know, he knew nothing about his son's businesses. Then he wasn't involved in his son's businesses. Obviously, this is, uh, you know, the, the shifting goalpost that the Democrats have uh have uh, had to uh, accommodate with uh, Biden because frankly, the corruption is true. He was and is, uh, well, I don't know, who knows what exists behind the scenes, but he was certainly peddling his influence through his son as the bag man. And one of the allegations was that, uh, associated with uh, Burisma, that there was a $5 million payoff, um, I guess to Joe Biden, as well as I believe Hunter Biden, And um, at at minimum, there's a $5 million payoff to Joe. And this came through, apparently, a Russian former ice skater, uh, figure skater, uh, professional skater named uh, Alexander Smirnov. And uh, this man has been a 14-year, apparently, FBI informant. Uh, So he's been being paid by the FBI for his information. Apparently, they thought he was uh, a good enough informant, connected enough to Russian intelligence or to Russian, uh, you know, the Russian uh, hierarchy that he was worth paying over these uh, decades uh, or decade and a half. And now uh, he's been charged with uh, lying to the FBI, which is a rich, I mean, rich, rich charge, considering the, the absolute deceit and lies that have come out of the FBI just in the last couple of years, much less over the last 10 years or certainly in the Trump uh, presidency. And uh, it's just amazing that they would take one of their own informants who they purportedly stood behind, you know, obviously enough to pay and consider an informant and immediately just throw this guy under the bus, have David Weiss, the U.S. attorney from Delaware, who uh, astonishingly became now special counsel, even though that's a flouting of the regulation for special counsel. It's not supposed to be someone from within the DOJ or even the U.S. government. But, you know, of course, he was elevated to that status so he could basically control the case. They can keep the case controlled as he had been doing, Um, you know, sort of playing playing this game of I can't oh, I can't prosecute or they won't let me do this or they're not cooperating while he lets charges lapse, such as the tax charges I just referred to the uh, tax evasion or failure to pay taxes of Hunter Biden in 2014 and 15. Weiss let the uh, let those charges lapse. Essentially, the statutes of limitations uh, passed and they can't be prosecuted now. So Hunter Biden gets away with a multi multimillion dollar uh, essentially failure to pay taxes on, on a ton of money that he made. Uh, and Weiss, I guess, feeling the pressure after the uh, the uh, plea deal that he had a sweetheart plea deal. I mean, it could have it couldn't have been written better by Hunter's defense attorneys fell apart because there was an honest federal judge in Wilmington, Delaware, my hometown. And uh, so I think he felt that he was on. So, unfortunately, for Hunter Biden and, and the schemes and of the uh, the DOJ people who had essentially suppressed that investigation Uh, Not least of which was not allowing inquiries into anything involving the big guy or Joe Biden or the, you know, uh, anything that led there was uh, cut off. And nevertheless, they gave him this sweetheart plea deal, but he wanted some sort of uh, immunity in perpetuity. So the deal blew up over that. And then subsequently, as we know, he's been indicted on gun charges and tax charges in uh, Delaware and California, respectively. So, you know, enter uh, this Alexander uh, uh, Smirnoff guy. And I guess Weiss went too far with the indictments uh, of Hunter, so now they, have you know, I guess the heat's on for him to push back against it and sort of undermine his own the the entire at least the impeachment case, the impeachment inquiry, of the Republicans uh, that that look, is looking into the larger Biden corruption and Hunter's activities, and uh, you know this is the Democrats and the the propaganda media, New York Times, Washington Post, CNN leading the charge this just discredits the impeachment There's, it's all over because this one informant who made uh you know some of the more uh probably out there or not outlandish but certainly the more wild uh, allegation in terms of the money the amount of money involved um is is discredited or or is is, is uh, said to have been lying to the FBI now i don't know what's going on behind that i know that he's been indicted for it uh you know which just means that a grand jury believed that he wasn't telling the truth to the fbi now what the truth of the matter is who knows because i mean the fbi is is absolutely been lying to the american public on any number of cases and has as i mean andrew mccabe alone you know the 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 former deputy director uh who was caught lying to fellow agents was uh, absolutely should have been prosecuted for it but was fired um and you know under by donald trump ultimately um, and of course, had his pension restored and has been restored, you know, to his status as a CNN commentator and an expert on FBI affairs and matters in law enforcement. He's, uh, you know, he's this intrepid pursuer of Trump, the man who basically set up General Michael Flynn. Um, you know, and this guy is uh, amongst those who have, uh, frankly, uh, deceived the American public, have uh, withheld material, have defied court orders, have failed to get warrants, as Christopher Ray uh, admitted. So. Basically, they're trying to undermine the uh, you know using this one informer of theirs. And and who's to say what really went down? Because, I mean, they could be pressuring him. Uh, He's just a convenient way for the Democrats to have this uh, sort of um, as Abby Lowell, uh, Hunter Biden's attorney would have it, you know, one crack in the case and it's all over. I mean, or one one aspect of it that's not uh, not uh, maybe holding up to scrutiny. And suddenly the whole case is down the tubes which is absurd because there is just there are mountains piles of evidence against the bidens for uh, corruption and i think this is just uh the the fbi's credibility as well as the uh, propaganda outlets that are pushing this uh is is slim to none with the american public or or anybody who's thinking has uh observed this and uh i think it's going to fail because um it's back to russia 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 and it's like uh they have they they are rehashing their um, their their ridiculous, discredited, uh, debunked uh, Russian collusion theory that uh, they they managed to whip up into a four year uh, subversion campaign against President Trump. And apparently it's back in force, you know, in addition to all the uh, lawfare being conducted. So it will be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think it just exposes um, really how desperate they are at this point. And uh, the, the moves being made and the maneuvers, again, abusing the justice system in order to serve Joe Biden and his uh, his larger the crime syndicate that surrounds him, their interests, which, of course, you know, is well beyond the Biden family. So uh, looking forward to having uh, John Kiriakou joining us here in a few minutes. Um, It's going to be an excellent conversation. You're watching the Tyler Nixon show here on today's news talk, where we are lighting the fuse for freedom. Don't go away. TNT's Alex Zaharov Roy. Now we'll no doubt see many more such efforts arriving from all the major AI players, and it won't be long before some kid or anyone in their basement or bedroom is creating the next big TV or movie hit, disrupting TV and movie studios forever. Yes, direction and production will be issues, and there will be many amateurish attempts, but people won't just be making hit music at home anymore, but hit entertainment all simply by asking AI models the right questions and then editing it all together. Talk in tech with Alex Zaharoff-White on today's News Talk TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month the light paper not for right just right so far
1: thelightpaper.co.uk
0: the human mind is like a computer no matter how efficient it may be its reliability is only as great as the information fed into it that's a campaign promise tell us the truth
1: Tell us the truth. We mandate that the truth be told. You're hearing it.
0: TNT. And again, you're watching the Tyler Nixon show. And uh, on today's news talk, lighting the fuse for freedom, Julian Assange has uh, undergone another another uh, sort of uh, break point or juncture in the saga of his um, persecution, his uh, torture in many ways, in my opinion. I mean, as I've said many times, Julian Assange is a hero and a whistleblower. Well, not a whistleblower, I should say, but he was uh, someone who revealed uh revealed secrets that uh, many powerful people did not want revealed and clearly he uh is is exhibit a in uh the thesis or whatever you want to call it uh the um the fact of uh, people in power who are exposed will uh will react uh, in very negative ways and will use any powers they have to destroy you and I can't imagine a more uh just absolutely tr- uh atrocious treatment. Uh, of a journalist, which is what he is. First of all, he denies a journalist. They say that he was a, uh, you know, some sort of foreign acting uh, subversion agent or terrorist, whatever have you. Um, that's poppycock. I mean, and regardless, again, it always comes down to the ad hominem attack, attack the messenger rather than deal with the uh, the content of the uh, revelations that he facilitated, not least being the DNC's uh, um, email revelations. Which led to uh, the the Russia Gate hacking and you know the collusion and all this all the, the entire uh, universe of manufactured offenses and lies and uh, just uh, unbelievably uh, I mean talk about gaslighting the country in order to get one guy I mean and the way that that was conducted at the uh, DNC where you had a situation they brought in their own investigators CrowdStrike run by a former FBI a twenty year FBI agent of course you know, cozy with Comey, uh, uh, Director Comey at the time and all those people. And they said, well, OK, we we're, we're not going to hand this over to you. We're not going to give you the uh, servers. We're not going to give you any, any of the original or source, uh, the images of the uh, supposedly hacked systems. And they just took on took uh, CrowdStrike's word for it, who was, of course, on the payroll of the DNC, just as say uh, fusion GPS or any of the other, um, uh, you know, I don't know what you'd call them. Uh, hired mercenaries that uh, do the bidding of the DNC, uh, whatever, whatever that be. And of course, you know, the, the FBI didn't bat an eye. That's fine. And, and uh, you know, went on to take it as gospel that the Russians had hacked the DNC. Uh, and then, of course, moreover, Donald Trump was involved with it because he was the, uh, you know, sort of the uh, default recip- uh, beneficiary, excuse me, of that supposed hack when it was really not a hack at all. Um, Julian Assange, interestingly, uh it, Mentioned Seth Rich, who was the DNC uh, employee, former employee, a Bernie supporter in 2016, who was murdered on the streets of Washington in a and in, in a yet unsolved uh, crime, supposedly to rob him, although nothing was taken from him, uh, uh, certainly nothing of value, and um, he uh, he is the most likely uh, person to have, uh, rather than to be a Russian hack, to have actually uh, taken the information directly off systems with the USB drive or some sort of external drive and uh, passed it along to uh, WikiLeaks, which would would, I mean, that makes far more sense than a a distant Russian hack. And um, and certainly as Bill Binney, the former uh, National Security Agency uh, uh, technician and uh, uh, really an expert, an unbelievable expert on uh, on this type of thing uh, has has demonstrated along with veterans and intelligence professionals for sanity. Um, The transfer speeds of those of those uh, documents, of those of that material could not have been consistent with a hack over, uh, you know, uh, communications lines. It had to have been a direct interface with the uh, system. So, um, you know, that being said, uh, John Kiriakou is uh, actually uh, the the U.S. He's the U.S. uh, uh, spokesman for WikiLeaks in the event that Julian Assange is extradited to the United States, which I think is a high honor and speaks to his integrity. Um, and he was a whistleblower himself. Uh, disclosed the fact of torture during interrogation. Spent time in federal prison for it. And he joins us now from Arlington, Virginia, by a, by phone. I was hoping to see his uh, his handsome face. <laughs> John, welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Tyler. It's a pleasure being with you.
0: Great to be great to have you, John. It's an honor. Um, I don't know if you heard any of my intro, but uh, um, well, I'd like I to did. jump Thank right you. in. I'd like to sure. I'd like to jump right into it because. Um, you know, you you have been named and as you told me, and maybe you can correct me as the you're going to be the U.S. spokesman for WikiLeaks or is it for Julian as well?
1: For for Julian. And, you know, I'm hoping that it doesn't actually happen. <laughs> it, it would only happen if he were to be extradited and, uh, you know, call me a fool. But I, I still hope that uh, that there's a way out of this for him.
0: Well, interestingly, have you, have you followed? I mean, of course, there's a dearth of coverage. TNT, uh, today's news talk has covered right. it but good luck finding anything from any of the mainstream uh, outlets now i understand that that one of the sticking points or potential uh, weak points for the extradition would be the uh, possibility of the death penalty as an as a you know punishment for for what he's been charged with now that obviously would is often a sticking point for any uh, countries who don't uh, you know don't believe or or observe the death penalty do you think right. that's a possible
1: avenue no actually okay. um no, for a couple of reasons. Damn. <laughs> so I've spoken I've, I've spoken to uh, all of the U, uh, UK lawyers representing Julian, as well as uh, Barry Pollack, who represents Julian here in the United States. And um, this isn't a death penalty case. It wasn't charged uh, as a death penalty case. There right. are four levels of espionage, and they go from, from a level punishable by five years in prison to 10 to 20 to death. And this is charged at the ten-year per count uh, level. So that's number one. The stronger argument, I believe, uh, against against extraditing Julian to the United States is the fact that he would be subject both to solitary confinement and to placement in something called a CMU, a Communications Management Unit. Uh, that would literally cut him off from any access to the outside world. Now, one of the things, and this is the Justice Department trying to pull a fast one on the British courts. One of the things that the Justice Department has done is they, the prosecutors have said that they will not seek to put Julian in solitary confinement. The fact of the matter is it is not up to the prosecutors to decide if Julian or anybody else goes to solitary confinement or not. That is up to the sole discretion of the Federal Bureau of Prisons, which is the largest bureau inside the Justice Department. So we're talking about apples and oranges here. It's just yeah. not up to the, the, the prosecutors to tell a British judge, oh, I promise we won't send him to solitary. That would be like me promising that he won't go to solitary. And the that's CMU right. is something else. A CMU, a communications management unit, I was actually in a what they called a modified CMU when I was uh, in prison. I was in a low security prison. Most CMUs are in maximum security penitentiaries. There's one that's in a, a medium security prison. A medium is still pretty high. Um, again, that's up to the Bureau of Prisons, the BOP. It's not up to the, to the prosecutors. And what a communications management unit would be is um, Julian would not be allowed any visitors other than once a month from his attorneys only. No friends, no family members. He's not allowed to read newspapers or magazines. He can't receive books. He can't watch the news. You're completely cut off from the outside world. So I think that is what the Justice Department is seeking. It's not the death penalty, but it's
0: it's effective death I mean you're you're, you don't have a life anymore yeah I mean that's right perhaps (laughs) worse than some people say worse than death you know I mean that's right I've often said hell is not a hot and fiery place it's a cold lonely isolated desolate place you know where you don't have contact with those you love I mean that would be the anguish I can't imagine after all what he's already been through is just unthinkable. And it's uh, the fact, well, you're the one who exposed uh, torture as an interrogation tactic in the, in our, uh, in our government. So I guess torture, you know, it's still, still alive and well, in a sense, in in the uh, cold black hearts, if it can be said, they have any of some of these people in the national security uh, state. And, uh, you know, one of the, I imagine he would, might be a candidate for this uh, supermax out here in Colorado. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that make sense? It seems like that's where they send the most, uh, uh, I hate to say hated but i mean you know he, julian is really re- villainized by this uh oh, national yeah. security oh, this, apparatus now go
1: ahead i'm sorry to interrupt you but when the cia director himself makes a or orders a plan to be hatched to to either kidnap you or to murder you in broad <laughs> daylight in the streets of london then yes you're vilified you're hated your life is in danger to answer your your question a second ago, I think yes is the answer that, that Julian should be worried about going to a supermax penitentiary, which again, would completely cut him off from the outside world. I wrote a piece about this just recently in Consortium News. When we're talking about supermax, what that means is 23 hours a day with, with no human contact. It's actually worse than that. Um, when you think about the one hour, the one hour that you're allowed to exercise. What that means is in the back of your cell, there's a little door, like a doggy door, right? Mm-hmm. And that doggy door leads outside to a cage, like a dog cage. It's about um, it's about eight by 10 or six by 10. And you can walk in little circles like a dog, a caged dog for one hour a day. Now, besides that, You're allowed to take one shower a week. You're escorted to that shower. A week? Um, You have to eat a week. Yes. You you have to eat all meals in your cell, and those meals are given to you through a a steel slot in the door. You have no contact with any other human being. Now, the, the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Torture has declared Uh, the U.S. practice of solitary confinement as a form of torture. Anything longer than 15 days in solitary confinement is a form of torture. The United States government has elected to ignore that guideline. And we have people in solitary confinement in both state and uh, federal prisons for decades, Tyler, In some cases, oh yeah, in some cases, and there are two right now in the state of Louisiana, where we have prisoners who have been in solitary and have had no human contact for 44 years and 42 years. Now, we know that uh, the American Psychological Association and the American Psychiatric Association that you start to lose your mind after six months.
0: Yeah. Six months. after. I mean, some people shorter than that. I mean, just the, yeah, no, that's, I mean, it will break you down. Plus, I mean, time stands still as you as you know, having been in prison as I know, having been to prison. Boy, boy, it really dilates when you have nothing when you're stuck in that situation when you're just uh, you know your life is idle and you're in that in that box. It's awful. I mean, it's it. And you know, I, personally, I've always said. And one of the when I ran for office, just in, at the state level, I wanted you know, prison reform was one of the things. And I said, listen, taking away someone's liberty. That's the punishment. It shouldn't be that they have to live in some sort of gulag, ridiculous, uh, torturous conditions. Right. And, and you know, to me, I've and I'm sure you've heard this before. You can uh, judge the character of a society by how it treats its prisoners. And, you know, this is just awful. I mean, I I, I didn't even realize it was that harsh. But, uh, you know, as if he hasn't already been through. I mean, Julian's been a prisoner for what? Since um, when did he? Uh, when did Wait, he it's almost down?
1: 14 years now.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, his life has been destroyed. Well, maybe you can tell me. I just don't understand what in particular is it. Because I mean, there have been other whistleblowers and people who you know put egg on the face of the national security state. Why is it? Is it to send a message to chill everyone else in the world in, the world in perpetuity that you don't do this to us? Or is there something that you think Assange did uh, that that was you know really uh, yeah outrageous to them? What what? Why are they? Yeah. Why is it like Pompeo? All of them. They all seem to have to. Ah, uh, just you know, pile on this guy in, in ways that right. is—it's sadistic.
1: It's a combination of things. Um, first of all, it, it, Julian Assange and WikiLeaks embarrassed the American government in in the uh, Chelsea Manning revelations, right? The Afghan war logs and the uh, collateral uh, murder video, and frankly, a lot of the the reporting cables that we saw released from that had come from the State Department were a little bit embarrassing. Uh, And so they didn't like Julian and they thought, well, maybe we should try to prosecute this guy. They didn't really go fog wild trying to get him until Donald Trump became president. Now, uh, Barack Obama famously said that he had what he called a New York Times problem. And that what he meant by that was that if you if you prosecute Julian Assange, who has a legitimate argument that he is a, a journalist and a publisher, then you're gonna to have to pu- you're gonna to have to punish or prosecute the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, because their national security journalists publish classified information literally every single day. And so That's the right. the Obama administration elected not to prosecute. Donald Trump went forward with the prosecution. And this is not a partisan issue because Joe Biden has continued moving forward with the prosecution. So Donald Trump decided to move forward with the prosecution. And then in response to that, WikiLeaks published what has become known as the Vault 7 documents. That's what pushed Mike Pompeo and others at the CIA over the edge. Because Vault 7 really is the crown jewels of what the CIA does. We learn from Vault 7, for example, and this is just a small smattering, that the CIA can take over control of a person's car by hacking into its computer system. To do what? Michael Michael Hastings, anyone, right? Exactly. Exactly the point. Yes. Uh, Number two, the CIA can hack into your smart TV and turn the the speaker into a microphone to eavesdrop on a conversation even when the TV is off. That's another example. A third example is they can infect CDs and DVDs with offensive uh, code that allow them to turn computers into broadcasters and transmit information back to Langley. Nobody knew that the CIA had this kind of technology, and so that's when Mike Pompeo came up with this idea to murder Julian Assange and thank God somebody in the process. And this is another thing I've written about. I believe that it was the national security advisor at the time said, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is insane. We can't just assassinate a five eyes citizen on the streets of London in broad daylight and called it off.
0: Yeah. Which, by the way, was uh, endorsed, if not forwarded by, you know, or maybe casually said by Hillary Clinton. You know, can we just yeah, send sure. him? She said, can we just send a missile in to take him out? It was like this yeah, she, is while he was in the, the Chilean embassy.
1: That's right. She, she said the same thing about uh, about Ed Snowden, that he should be hanging from a tree. Yeah. Well, this she's is a not blood. a partisan issue. You're either you're either a supporter of government transparency and you're or you're not. And yeah. Democrats are just as much opposed to transparency as Republicans are
0: now. I think Trump's one of his biggest mistakes was not pardoning Julian Assange. And and when you say that Trump went forward with it, I think it was more like Trump did nothing to stop it because let's face it, you know, I mean, he was he was very much being, uh, you know, uh, isolated and sort of, um, you know, he was um, bandied about. I hate to say it; I don't think he realized. I I think he he thought he was, uh, you know, had experience in New York City real estate and you know, cutthroat kind of thing hikers i mean that's a joke compared to what what he would be, was going to be dealing with with all of so many intrigues and people in his ear and the subversions and not to mention the obama uh national security uh uh staff was uh, like, like they they increased it was it massively and left all these people planted like vindman and others to essentially subvert him for as long as he was in the presidency um but i would hope that he is awakened and i think the other aspect of it maybe you can uh comment and we'll actually we'll get to a news break or excuse me a commercial message here in a second. But was that. Uh, he he was perceived as being helped, obviously, by WikiLeaks, which, you know, was then being yeah. said, oh, they're a Russian a-, you know, they're a Russian front. So right. I think he felt that doing anything to help Julian Assange would sit, essentially, you know, give away the game like that they had been accusing him of, which we all know was utter nonsense. But, nonsense. Um, yeah. Well, John, we're going to take a quick uh, commercial uh, a break here and we'll be back with John Kiriakou here on the Tyler Nixon show. Don't go away with his expert analysis and opinion. This is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Candace Owens made an interesting comment earlier this week. She said that Taylor Swift reported that Lena Dunham taught her feminism. And apparently, according to Candace, this new wave of feminism teaches that you can get whatever you want, as long as you portray yourself as a victim, just because you're a woman. And Tay Tay has done this repeatedly over the years and reaped over a billion dollars as her reward. But is this feminism? Isn't this the cliched damsel in distress, feminine wiles trope from which the Betty Friedan feminists were trying to liberate women? I think there's something to that. What do you think? For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's news talk, TNT.
1: Life doesn't always give you
0: time to change the outcome. Prediabetes diabetes does. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. But with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. And you can change the outcome. Take the one-minute pre-diabetes risk test today. Go to doihaveprediabetes.org Tyler Nixon has the power of information. Today's news talk TNT right back into it with my guest, John Kiriakou, former CIA agent and uh, whistleblower. And, uh, you know, he's become a prolific author as well. And by the way, you can find John at the uh, he's a co-host of Political Misfits on Sputnik Radio, which is a a, a, a very similar, in my opinion, to the uh, quality of content you get here at at today's news talk. And. John you've written a number of books and and if uh, I want to tout them because you you've obviously written books on intellig- <laughs> intelligence and you can maybe give us that quick list but you've also come out recently with um and you're, I guess it's going to become a series of books on uh famous cemeteries is it or famous people in cemeteries yeah.
1: i was go ahead yeah uh, th- thanks for for bringing this up i i had i i've written a whole bunch of books and um my first my first two I wrote just because I wanted to write. My first one did well. It was called The, um, the Reluctant Spy. And it, I, I made number five on the New York Times bestsellers list. So I was very fortunate in that one. And then I wrote a book in prison called um, Doing Time Like a Spy, How the CIA Taught Me to Survive and Thrive in Prison. And I won one of the big four literary awards for that book. I, I won the Penn First Amendment Award. And then the next like, four books, five books were commissioned, five books. So I had written seven by that point. And frankly, Tyler, I was just tired of writing about the CIA (laughs) and tired of writing about intelligence. So I decided to write something for myself. And I wrote a book called Remains of the Day, The Ultimate Guide to Washington, D.C.'s Historic Cemeteries. And I decided to write um, little blurbs about... uh, the most interesting people inside of all of the cemeteries inside washington dc everybody knows that arlington national cemetery right outside washington is you know a great destination for for people from around the world but a million books have been written about arlington cemetery so i wanted to do something different i was shocked to learn that nobody had ever written a book about wash a million books have been written about arlington cemetery so i wanted to do something different i was shocked to learn that nobody had ever written a book about Washington's cemeteries. So I did, and I called my publisher, and I said, listen, I know you guys don't normally publish books like this, but I wrote this book for myself. And it normally takes me nine months to write a book. I wrote this book in six weeks. And (laughs) so they said, well, they don't really do that, but go ahead and send it over, and they'll take a look at it. So my editor called me a couple of weeks later, and he said, man, this is the best book you've ever written. So I said, oh, great. I said, so you'll take it? And he said, yeah, we'll take it. But the editorial board liked it so much, they wanted to commission three more. So now I'm writing The Mafia Graves of New York City, and uh, I'm about halfway done with that. And they've commissioned uh, The Historic Cemeteries of Chicago and The Country Western Graves of Nashville. I don't know wow. anything about country music, but I'm going to have to learn right quick. But it's yeah. been fun. It's it's fun to not be the CIA guy, you know, when I go home at the end of the day.
0: Amen to that. Uh, well, you know, I, you maybe you could just pick one of one snippet because I'm I mean, you, you know, people might hear, oh, it's a book about cemeteries. It's not, though. It's about it's about history no. and it's about these crazy intersections and coincidences that you've discovered. And I I was like fascinated just hearing you describe a couple of them. maybe you could pull one out. Just give us a quick sure. Uh, example.
1: Sure. I was wandering around um, Rock Creek Cemetery in uh, in Washington and I saw a beautiful family mausoleum, but it was set apart from the mausoleums that had been established in the late 19th century by all of the the well-known Washington rich people. So I wrote myself a little note, and then I went to the Library of Congress to research it. And it turns out to be the family mausoleum for two brothers um, by the name of Butler. And uh, in, in the 1870s, they graduated from high school, and they wanted to go to college, and they wanted to be scientists. But their parents were poor. And so they said, no, you can't go to college. We don't have money for college. You're going to be bakers. Well, they didn't want to be bakers, but their parents forced them into it. And so they set their sons up uh, in a bakery and the sons hated it and they were bored. And so they said, well, why don't we invent a machine that can mix the dough so we don't have to mix it every day? And they invented the first mixer. And they were able to patent it and sell it to uh, to bakeries as far west as Cincinnati, which was pretty much the frontier at the time. And this then is, they this decided, is, I'm oh, sorry, this
0: is late, late 19th century, right? So we're talking like yes. industrial, industrial revolution era.
1: Exactly, exactly. And then they said, what if we invent another machine that will cut the dough so that every loaf is exactly the same size, shape and weight? And they did that and they were able to sell that. And then they said, well, what if we put milk in the mix instead of water? And it made the, be- the bread very fluffy. And so they would patent these things and they became very wealthy to the point where they owned a bakery that took the entire city block behind Washington's Union Station. And then they decided to. Uh, to hire an army of teenage boys to deliver bread to people's houses. So if you called and ordered bread by three o'clock in the afternoon, these boys would deliver it to your home by dinner time, So your bread was still hot and fresh when you served it. it this was revolutionary. And then they added cakes and pies and treats and different things like that. Well, uh, by the start of the 20th century, they decided to retire and they sold the entire business to the National Biscuit Company, which now is called <laughs> Nabisco, Nabisco. Nabisco right. And Nabisco loved the, the setup so much that they decided to leave everything unchanged except the name of, of the signature bread, which had some terrible name, some terrible, long, hard to remember 19th century <laughs> name. So the only thing they changed was the name, and they changed it to Wonder Bread, which is still in every grocery store in America today.
0: I I tell you, Paul Harvey would kill for this book when he was, uh, if you remember... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Paul Harvey, uh, for those who don't I know, sure uh, do. uh, you know, and now, you know, the rest of the story. I mean, he was that was great. <laughs> right. was very similar. So I, I I, confess I haven't laid hands on a, on a copy yet, but I'm really I have to get this book. It sounds like a great read. Um, Just so interesting. And I, I love American history and it's the history of ingenuity. It's the history of how this country, you know, all the all the. Uh, frankly the the luxuries that we take for granted and you know how those came about and and uh you know the people behind them and they you know there they are laying laying to rest in washington's graves that's great that's it. um well i hate to do it but i'm going to shift back to the uh the cia guy role uh or maybe just as <laughs> sort of uh uh you know larger uh analyst i guess of uh, and, and political uh uh prognosticator of, of sorts but um is the CIA salvageable, John? I mean, is it, you know, you, you're you were a uh, loyal company man, obviously, but you you know, yeah. your integrity led you to to expose uh, criminal act. I mean, my view, criminal abuses of uh, prisoners, uh, regardless of what their uh, charges, whatever. You know, again, when you're in the, when you're in the custody, in my opinion, of the government, they have a grave responsibility to, to ensure your safety and that you're not mistreated. And similarly, the prisons are not That's torture right. chambers. Is, That's is exactly the CIA, right. uh, or, or I'll ask you, is the CIA salvageable or do you, let me ask you this, would you, could you suggest a, a different sort of uh, configuration, a different scheme for our entire intelligence community and national security apparatus?
1: You know, I regret to say Tyler, that I think the CIA is not salvageable. Um, and it's not just because of the torture program. You know, we, we dealt with, with torture and extraordinary rendition and secret prisons uh, more than a decade ago, uh, two decades ago. But uh, the CIA has moved so, so deeply into technology, technology that allows them to, to spy on American citizens, for example, uh, with no no oversight. There really is no oversight. We have oversight committees on Capitol Hill, the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, and the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. But those committees really are no more than than cheerleaders for the CIA. They're not really overseers. And how yeah. do you oversee an organization with, you know, 30,000-ish employees when you not, have a staff of 20? Yeah. Well, not it, to it, mention also you, you can only
0: oversee what they give you. So, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly. – yeah. We investigated ourselves and we found nothing. Uh, You know, sort of. uh, That's that's the uh, yeah. I mean, essentially, the only prevent uh, a preventive measure, prophylactic from these abuses, is the integrity of the people involved. And let's face it, it. you're an organization that size. You're going to get some psychopaths, and maybe disproportionately so in these in this uh, in that business. Um, What what would you what What can be done, if anything, to to you know, I mean, if this has become like a super government in a sense that control has so much power. Is there anything we can ever do?
1: You know, what you would have to do is to drastically limit the scope of CIA activities. Um, for example, there are redundant um, organizations around government that can take over many of these, uh, these tasks. For example, the, the State Department has the Bureau of Intelligence and Research uh, that can do the analysis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can do the analysis. You've got NSA that's doing all of these uh, these uh, ELINT, Electronic Intelligence uh, Intercepts. You've got DARPA that should be doing the, uh, the experimentation and development of new technologies. Uh, you have Defense Human Services at the Pentagon that does literally exactly the same thing uh, when it comes to recruiting spies to steal secrets that the CIA's Directorate of operations does so unless unless you hire you know five hundred people to act as overseers on Capitol Hill, which will never ever happen, the only alternative is to just take these responsibilities away from the CIA so that you can create a sort of a rump organization that can be overseen otherwise, you know, I think that we we really have moved beyond the point where we need a cia it can't be trusted
0: well certainly uh well i i would say what you're proposing is very much i think what jfk notionally kind of said he wanted to do which is break it, smash it into a thousand pieces and in his case cast it to the the wind right but i mean i think perhaps it could be smashed into constituent components and spread out through uh you know just i I think that the main of the organization is the problem it's got this like uh, this gravitational pull within itself and it's sort of um, institutional as as you would know, this sort of institutional um, protectionism that that has become, I mean, they're involved in domestic activities. They, I mean, what laws wouldn't they break? I mean, you know, talk exactly. about asking for forgiveness rather than permission. Um, but we have about a, a minute or so left uh, before I'm going to let you go here, John, um, you know, the, the uh, you know, do you think Julian Assange, I, you know, Obviously, there's the reality and there's the hopeful uh, side of it. What do you think is going to happen with Julian? I mean, I, I we all pray, but I, oh, and real quick, um, the Northern District of Virginia obviously was where uh, imagine you were tried. and All these cases oh, yeah. come. Eastern. What can he yeah. in 30 seconds? What can he expect? Uh, he
1: can expect He's very extradited. harsh treatment. Yeah, he can expect very harsh treatment, uh, and he can expect uh, anything but a fair trial his jury is going to be made up of people who work for or who have family members who work for the cia the pentagon the fbi the department of homeland security and any of two dozen intelligence community contractors he just simply cannot get a fair trial there it's not possible and that's exactly why uh are they charged him in the eastern district of virginia i was there ed snowden was charged there Daniel Hale, the drone whistleblower, was charged there. Jeffrey Sterling, the CIA whistleblower, was charged there. The idea is that it's called the espionage court because no national security defendant has ever won a case there. So he should expect the worst.
0: Well, John, it has been my honor and pleasure. I hope we can have you back sometime again uh, in the future. Oh, I look forward to that very much. Yeah, and I appreciate it. And uh, listen, you have a a great rest of the afternoon, and uh, we'll catch up with you next time
1: thank you so much you too all the best
0: appreciate it so that was john kiriaku former cia agent uh and also whistleblower author and now a show host uh, it, uh fascinating I, I we are definitely going to get him back uh, onto the show um you know time permitting and and we'll be able to uh s- sort out the issues uh he he was uh in transit so did not have the proper technology to provide uh, a video feed but we'll uh we'll look at that sorted out next time um Julian Assange, unfortunately, uh, I think it's just it's very sad to have the sentiments of so many people, so many people of good faith, uh, of goodwill and good nature uh, on his side, praying for him. I mean, these are, you know, this is not these are not uh, skullduggery uh, practitioners. These aren't spooks in the intelligence community that are pulling for him. These aren't people looking to subvert any country or any uh, any any sort of political movement, whatever have you. These are just good faith people. Uh, you know, including everyone here at uh, today's News Talk. And um, it just unfortunately, we're up against forces uh, that are ruthless. They're evil in many ways. Uh, they have no regard for human rights. They have, certainly have no regard for justice. And I think that, you know, worst of all, they have this um, retributive, um, almost, I mean, it's vengeance. It's vengeful. Uh, more than even just retribution, because there's nothing he did, uh, Julian Assange did that rises to anything resembling what they're what they were contemplating or what they've already done to him. I mean, he's already suffered, uh, you know, orders of magnitude beyond any punishment that could ever be, even if he was guilty of anything that they've uh, you know accused him, which I don't believe is the case. And you can see that they're willing to actually subvert or or throw aside. What uh, John referenced is the Obama New York Times uh, problem, which is that uh, we have we have news agencies. Well, news I use that term loosely, really, and now propaganda outlets. But certainly, uh, historically, there have been plenty of legitimate uh, uh, news media agent or news media outlets that have uh, divulged classified information. I mean, you look at, for example, the Pentagon Papers was you know repeatedly published uh, by numerous organizations. In fact, it was like whack a mole. The uh, the problem that with the uh, The Nixon administration was that as soon as they'd uh, sue to enjoin, as soon as John Mitchell would bring suit to enjoin the uh, release of the Pentagon Papers by, you know, whatever outlet was uh, proposing to do it, um, and maybe even win, it would just be passed along to another outlet. And that, you know, and that's the beauty of having a free press. Is that and, you know, basically the freedom of communication and it's free speech is that this this information can be proliferated when uh, the people need to know it. And there's not much the government can do to stop it, except, unfortunately, what we see now, which is uh, to turn those who are uh, willing to risk it, um, uh, risk their own fate uh, to disclose uh, corruption, to disclose these uh, these dark programs. And the lies uh, exposed just by virtue of the fact that what is revealed totally contradicts what we've been told as a citizenry or what anybody's been told by these agencies. Um, and, you know, exposing those uh, it puts these people at high risk. And that should never be the case. It was never meant to be the case. We're supposed to be the country. We're supposed to be the uh, the citadel of freedom that defends the Julian Assange of the world, not as their persecutor and tormentor. And, uh, you know, I, I again, I prayer helps. I think prayer matters. The intentional energy to envision Julian Assange as a free man, as uh, recognized for what he's sacrificed and what he's brought to the world and what he's exposed. And that these people would be ultimately deposed and uh, taken out of power. And that uh, we could see a restoration of something resembling a constitutional republic that uh, is uh, observes human and civil rights and constitutional rights. This has been the Tyler Nixon Show for February 22nd, 2024. On today's News Talk, TNT Lighting the Fuse for Freedom, we'll catch up with you tomorrow.